Episode 45 of the Cause I Have To podcast. Oh my God. 45. How is it 45? Picture this, Jason Friday. Yes. You're working in a high-powered law job in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. You decide to drop everything, move to the Congo, and do some good. I would never do such a thing. Do you know who would do such a thing? Who? Our next guest, Linda James, or Congo Linda. Congo Linda, hello. She was intent on making a different difference in the world. She left corporate America and moved to the Democratic Republic of Congo in the heart of Africa to do, do <laughs> to do development work. Her involvement in clinical research studies there inspired her to obtain a master's in public health. Wow, that is actually, okay, I guess maybe I would up and go then. I don't know. No, no, I'm still not going. But um, Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> She does pursue her passions. She continues to evolve. High five, Linda. She's coming up next. Welcome to the Cuz I Have To podcast, where living your dream is the only option. We're your hosts. I'm Julie Slater. And I'm Jason Friday. And we've been scouring the earth for people living their dharma so we can share their stories with you. And hopefully we help you find your dharma. Let's do it. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Linda James. Thanks, Julie Slater. Thanks, Jason Friday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we became friends because we lived in the same building and it was fantastic to have a bestie living in the building. I could just be like, hey, want a glass of wine? We just popped into each other's apartments. And then one day you were like, I think I'm going to blow up my life and do something completely different. Can you walk us through that, Linda? <laughs> Do I have to start from the beginning or can I start in the middle? <laughs> I guess. Okay. So uh, maybe to give a little review, you were l working in the law field. Correct. Uh, and what were you doing then? I, I was working at a large international law firm um, and I helped, well, I established their West Coast marketing and communications department initiatives here on the, here in their Los Angeles office. And I'd been doing that for quite some time, I'd actually been in marketing and communications for about eight years and decided that I would take those skills and apply them to make a, what I term a different difference in the world. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. How did that lead you um, to end up choosing to move to the Congo and what kind of opportunity opened up for you there? So I am uh, sit on a board of a nonprofit that works to raise awareness um, and support higher education in Congo. And my aunt and uncle were actually missionaries for 30 years in Congo. So it's not like I just spun the globe and picked a location. <laughs> Where are we going? Congo it is. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, darn it. <laughs> Italy, but... <laughs> yeah. Maybe France, something can another, nice. Can I get another round? <laughs> is there another dice to use? Is there yeah. a do-over? 
Yeah. Exactly. But I just felt like there was a tremendous amount of opportunity there for me to make an impact and to contribute uh, something toward raising awareness, raising, really creating um, a development and communications presence. And specifically at one of the universities that we worked with uh, through my nonprofit, the Université Protestant au Congo, so the Congo Protestant University, or in short, UPC. It was really because of my aunt and uncle's presence and my cousin who grew up in Congo that that led me. See, there already seemed to be an open door for me. You had been to the Congo before? I had. I'd been there twice. The first trip I actually took uh, with my cousin to go back to the village where he grew up, a 17-hour canoe ride in a literal tune-out canoe called a pirogue um, to the village where he grew up. And that was my first trip. My second trip, I went and back. And you went back after that. I know. <laughs> You're like, guys, Se- take third me to the and fourth time. <laughs> 17, 17 hours hour canoe in a canoe. Trip. Yeah. Crazy, Oh, huh? my God. Yeah. 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 like canoeing after 30 minutes. <laughs> You're like, time. I can't even canoe through Mother's Beach, let alone 17 hours. <laughs> <laughs> So now, that, did you find when you visited, did it feel comfortable for you to be there? Or were you nervous at all? I mean, to other people, you know, it seems kind of scary to go over to the Congo a bit. Yeah, no, I, that's a really good question. Westerner. Absolutely a good question. A lot of people have asked me that. But in fact, I did feel comfortable. I speak French, so that's a big plus. I mean, it is a Francophone country. Uh, I don't really speak any of the local languages. I think that at least speaking French helped. My, I've never felt my personal safety was at risk. Um, sure, you have to be careful and you have to be smart. And, you know, I have been a th- through a few civil unrest situations, um, but you just have to be smart about it. And I, right from the start, I did not feel uncomfortable. Um, and I've done a lot of traveling. And so I feel like I have a good sense of when a situation is not appropriate and I need to remove myself from it. But I, I haven't felt that there. And you grew up here in California, right? Yeah, Southern California, mm-hmm. the Riverside area. SoCal. SoCal. So, SoCal girl makes it into the Congo. Now, what, that was a huge, you know, we kind of went fast over that, but that was a huge decision for one to leave the law job. Uh, what did you do in between um, leaving that job and going? It was a bit of time before you went to the Congo. Like, I guess mentally, like what was going on when you took that big leap and you know, did you always just believe it would all work out? Yeah, it, something about faith, right? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what drives a lot of our <laughs> our uh, our decisions? Well, I left. I knew I didn't have a clear picture of what I wanted at a specific goal when I left. Um, I did have to do a little decompressing from the high powered uh, position that I had been in. But once I was able to take a breath, I was actually. Uh, taking courses at at UCLA in nonprofit management, knowing that I wanted to do something in the developing world, in doing development work, nonprofits. And that's what, uh, so just working through that process. and, And I think I really needed the time. Specifically, do I consciously look back and think, oh, how did I adjust myself? Don't don't know that I can actually say, but I think that the process probably took about a year and a half 
from the time I left the position at the law firm to when I boarded the plane to Kinshasa early morning in January 2014. When I was crying after I dropped you off. Both of, right, right. The both of us yeah. teary eyed and <laughs> no. Yeah, it's not exactly, you know, when a friend moves somewhere else, you think, well, I'm going to go visit them. Congo. I was just not like, so hey, much. I don't. <laughs> that not so doesn't sure. come across. So it was very um, emotional because I really didn't know when I would see Linda again. And it's kind of how how is that aspect of being really, really so far removed from your life, your family, your friends? I mean, that's that's you know, even just starting somewhere new normally, like if you move to France, but you know, you, where you're living, how was all that adjusting to that? Well, clearly modern technology helped tremendously. And I've always been fairly independent. So not real dependent necessarily on constant touch points, but I always knew, and I just, I really did have a tremendous support system. You know, back in the States, everyone supported me. I'm sure on the side, they rolled their eyes and thought, my goodness. <laughs> what in I'm the like, heck is she doing? Insane, but we exactly. <laughs> exactly. Where do you want to go? Let's pick Africa. Where? How about right there? Okay. <laughs> in, in the heart of. In the heart of. Uh, quite literally. Um, yeah, but I had, you know, I was working at a faith-based university and there is a, a missionary community. There's also a large expat community and the Congolese were very supportive. You know, I was busy. I was really, you know, I dived right into, you know, my new, I created, I had to create from scratch what I was doing. And that took a lot of energy and time. And, and I think that helped to fill what might've been gaps of loneliness. I don't, I don't know that I really ever felt lonely. Um, I was able to join some groups, the International Women's Club and... Um, How about that running know, group? Oh, yes. Uh -huh. Oh, the best group ever. It's actually, um, <laughs> it's a drinking club with a running problem, the Hash House Harriers. <laughs> and it, it was super fun. So again, you know, brought a lot of different people together. Uh, tends to be a transient community. And I think in those developing world environments, um, that does, that is often the case where you have the UN folks coming in for a, a couple of years, um, the embassy people, personnel coming in for a couple of years and leaving. But the missionary community that I was also connected with were a little more, more stable. And so um, I had a real diverse group of people that I was interacting with. I, I don't think I felt you know, lost or lonely or I was just too busy living yeah. daily life <laughs> day to day. <laughs> in, you, in Congo. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you moved there initially, did you feel an immediate sense of this feels right and I'm, you know, a, a sense of fulfillment of what you were doing? Yes. Unequivocally. Yes, it did. Yeah. Uh -huh. I just knew that that's where I was supposed to be and I'd made the right decision. And was it going to be tough? Yes, but extremely exciting figuring it out on the fly, really. Yeah. 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 No, I know. Cause like, even like in our, you know, an outsider's view, we're like, oh my God, that's outlandish. How could you ever want to do that? But you're like really in it and in the game and you're, you're, you literally are, well, this is completely normal. It feels right. 
and I feel good doing it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who, who else could say anything when that's exactly what you should be doing then? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Would you say all the people living in Congo that come there from the U.S., do you feel like they have the same spirit as you? Depends on what group you're referencing. I think the missionary group tends to be, you know, they have a different viewpoint. And Uh, oftentimes they're, they're following their passion. The diplomats, not quite as much. Uh, and I think in the nonprofit sector, you know, people don't stay for long periods of time. Um, they're in there to do their job and then they, and then they leave. So, but I think they're, they do feel like they're accomplishing something. How long did you initially think you would live there when you first moved? I felt it'd be one to two years, not really having an idea of what would have happened afterwards, but I really kind of, I didn't feel like it would only be one year. I felt it might be a couple of years and I ended up being there six and would probably still be there if it weren't for pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is also crazy to think with too. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, what a different route things have taken because of it, you know? That's true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole experience just led me down a completely new path now. I mean, right. now I'm, you know, doing my master's in public health and really excited about, you know, the research projects that that are going on at the university, really doing some great some great work with the university. So not only does it benefit me, it also benefits the university and, you know, students and professors there. So it's just been exciting and I would have would have never, ever in my wildest dreams have planned to be where I am today. So, And you're almost finished with your master's, right? That's right. Right. Working on your thesis paper. Right. Do Jason and I come up at all in that paper? <laughs> Any chance? You might actually come up in the acknowledgments. <laughs> That's awesome. Unless you want to oh take a section God. and write it for me, that'd be terrific. <laughs> right, right. Well, that that's also... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was I mean, was the master's program a plan or and if not, did it come up specifically because of where you had taken yourself through Congo and, and working there and doing what you did there? Yeah, good question. It was a, as a result of the work that I did in Congo. And, you know, I'd never wow. intended to go back to get my master's. And while I love school, you know, I had never thought that I would be would be back in school. And it just became clear to me and speaking to the different professors I was working with on the research projects seemed completely logical to to go ahead and pursue it. And it's been fantastic. It's just really interesting and intriguing. You know, there's kind of research have you been involved with? We have run a couple of different types of projects, malaria research project, um, HIV research uh, project that has resulted in a couple of publications on which I'm an author. So that's super exciting. Um, Yeah. And now we're running hepatitis B and um, more HIV work there. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm assuming those specifically because that's a huge thing that's occurring over there, right? I mean, right, right. It's it's a great place to be able to change samples. And mm -hmm. yeah. So the pandemic uh, brought you back to the, well, you were in London because of the schooling for a little bit while the pandemic broke. Exactly. And then chose to stay in the U.S. because it wasn't quite the greatest plan to go back to the Congo while it was, I mean, I can't even imagine with the chaos here, 
what it would be like in the Congo yeah. with COVID. Exactly. No just no healthcare available and yeah. even to be able to get medical evacuations out of the country, extremely difficult. So yeah, so I was actually in London and in fact the borders back into the country into to to Congo had closed, so I wouldn't have been allowed back in anyway. So wow. yeah, yeah. So That's, now, yeah. okay, so you're about to finish your uh, master's. What's the plan from here? Would you, like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, she's not living in the Congo anymore. Like, oh, thank goodness. But now <laughs> the question is, would you go back to the Congo? What's your plan? Would you return? You know, I've thought about it. And interesting, you, you go back and forth and I wouldn't have to go back. It's not like I'm drawn to a specific place. However, uh, that is where my experience is. And now that it's in, you know, not only do I have field experience now, but I also have the theoretical background um, with, the, with the schooling. And I, I have a lot of, hand, with, with the field experience, the hands-on experience I have there, now I really understand how to navigate the intricacies, let's put it that way, and the complexities of that particular environment. And so I would be a real asset to an organization or an initiative that would want to work there. However, that said, all of those same skills could be applied in a different environment. So I remain yeah. open. I can remain yeah, open. What if you did research from a penthouse in the south of France? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that wouldn't that be ideal? Yes. Talk about throwing that yeah. out there. It's just an idea. Someone right? The first, the first visitor. ones that <laughs> we can come visit you. The first ones to ask, hey, so when can we come? Okay. Thanks. And with COVID, you could stay for, for a long time. Nobody would know the difference, right? That's right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So tell me a little more uh about if you if someone said, Okay, what are two of the most positive things about the Congo and then two of the negative, most negative about your experience there? So the two, two of the positives, um, I have found the environment there. I guess you could say it's a negative and a positive at the same time. The environment is extremely complex just in the day-to-day -day life just trying to get around, you know, trying to move from point A to point B. Where's the traffic jam going to be? Is the car going to come at me from the wrong way? Is someone going to block the intersection so that, you know, none of us can go through? Are the police going to hassle me for whatever reason? But that's that your said, positive side? Those, positive those are the negatives. <laughs> the negatives, yeah. But, but the thing is, even given all of those complexities, the Congolese people are really very resilient and really bounce back so quickly from the setbacks that that they oftentimes have um, day to day. You know, well, we didn't have any electricity today, so we're just didn't have any, we didn't have cool air to sleep by, so we're going to get up, we're going to go to work. And we had to, you know, we didn't have running water couldn't take a shower. We had to use, do a bucket bath. So, but we're just going to power through and we're going to get it done. We're going to get to our job. We're going to, you know, we're going to take the next, put our best foot forward. Do people there have iPhones? Yes. Like are are, oh, are, are yes. they as attached to as much as they, you they are? They really are. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Although it's interesting, this, it's a society I have found, and maybe I'm going to generalize a little bit, but I found it's a society that is very auditory. Mm. And so a lot of, you know, the, the whole storytelling concept comes in. So communication can be, for me as a Westerner, can be a little challenging, you know, shoot off these emails, you know, I want responses, let's have a conversation via email, where they will pick up the phone and call you. And so the good old days. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, so it's, it's a matter of learning those different modes of communication, which is part of part of the challenge of learning uh, to uh, exist in a in a different environment. Do you think we could find a huge because I have two fan base in Congo? Like maybe they're just waiting for us? Well, um, you know, it, it, why not? Right? <laughs> why not? I mean, we just yeah. trans- translated into exuberant response to that <laughs> from both of you guys. <laughs> you know, I think I've actually gotten a friend request from some guy in Congo. And he went to that university or something. Oh, that, because he's probably connected Friends to with me. you or something. Right, right. right he's like, right. oh, this guy looks cool. <laughs> Adam. And I'm like, well, because, because you who are, are cool. You? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, Linda, what is the big advice if someone's doing, they're in a career they've been doing for a long time and they're like, gosh, I just want to do something totally different. I'm going to quit this and go do blah, blah, blah. What's your biggest advice for that? that dear soul listening who wants to do a life change i think you 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 listen to that that desire to do a life change and start working toward it i mean it's it's really kind of as simple as that and that's that's literally what i felt i did i and it's just interesting how it's just clicked every step that i've taken has been in the direction that i'm going and so that's just that affirms that, you know, the choices that I've made are are right. And I was strategic about it, I feel like, at some level. So I didn't just drop everything and think, okay, I want to make a change. I was already yeah. headed down a path. And I've had tremendous support from family and friends. Um, again, they've looked at me a little cross-eyed at times, but everyone's <laughs> been super supportive. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Do you get a lot of visitors in Congo? So my cousin who grew up there has visited me and that's, that's about it. Yep. Yep. When are you coming? No need for a guest room, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. That is pretty funny. Okay. We are at the part of our program where it is five o'clock somewhere. And we're going to ask you five quick questions. Linda James, are you ready for it? I guess I am. Bring it on. Uh, Okay, question number one. There's some interesting foods in the Congo. Would you tell us what is your favorite insect to eat? And what's your least favorite? <laughs> so I know you've eaten a bunch. <laughs> yeah, so right. I, I find termites are nice and crunchy. You could really fried. Yeah, because anything fried is really tasty, right? Of course. Um, with a little sautéed onion on it and a little pili pili, which is their hot sauce. Kind of has this consistency of Rice Krispies. Oh. Not so amazing. big into the grubs, you know, the caterpillary kind of white pulsating kind of grub worm things that come out of the <laughs> palm trees. Yeah, not not so crazy about those. Was there ever anything there that you said, I don't even want to try that? Or do you just always try something? I 
cannot think of anything that I have not tried. I do have friends that, you know, colleagues that I've known who will oftentimes say that they're vegetarian, so they don't have to try any of the meat dishes. Um, but I do know people have been confronted with some difficult meat dishes. <laughs> what happens if you're in the Congo at a restaurant? Can you say, hey, uh, I need that to be gluten-free, dairy-free. Can you put the sauce on the side? And do you happen to have no-carb pasta? They probably look at you and say, um... Here's your meal, and it's just... Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. You said okay. uh, hot sauce. Cong- Congo hot sauce? Is that like a specific thing? Yeah, Why it's made from I a particular it? pepper, Pili Pili. I never brought you any Pili Pili. No, no I want oh, Pili Pili. You Jason. did bring the delicious beer that uh, mm. that they have there that was actually really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crisp. Oh, yes. and rum. Congo rum. Congo rum. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, let's head to no- uh, question number two. One thing you miss about living in Congo. Um, so when you're when you're sitting on the Congo River, up above the Congo River, the sun is setting. You have a refreshing drink in hand. The breeze is blowing just a bit. The mosquitoes aren't out yet. <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Um, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay, question number three. What country is your dream spot to spend the rest of your life? If you could dream a little dream, money's no with, object. With us. And we're going with you. <laughs> so I better I better make a good choice, right? Choose no. one. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of have to base that on places where you've been, right? I mean, you can't. Yeah, sure. You can't really. You know, like most Americans, in fact, you know, I do love France. I think it would be an ideal place to be. Right? The culture, the language, the community. The food, the yeah. drink. The food, yeah. the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> the brie. The um, brie. Okay, next question. Question number four. Have you ever been skinny dipping? If so, where? <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that that was That's my good. question. <laughs> Tell me, Linda, where have you gone I feel skinny like Linda dipping? Has been skinny dipping. I see, a, I see a skinny dipper in her. I mean, I think all of us have a little bit of, you know, fun at some point in our life where we we're like, you know what? I'm screwed. I'm Just doing it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Nike. Um <laughs> skinny dipping maybe in like the backyard pool i remember being in france and you know when in rome do as the romans do or when in france do as the french um, oh yeah i mean that's like such a common thing yeah if you're like scared people look at you and go exactly what are you what's wrong with this person (laughs) okay now we come to question number five what do you think is the most misunderstood thing about you Wow, I didn't think this was going to get so deep here. Um, <laughs> we are the Cause I Have To podcast where being deep is all we I are. I know. I'm wondering if there's like a course that could help me with this answer <laughs> this question. Um, I know. I know what it starts with. <laughs> um, the most misunderstood. I mean, maybe that I'm. Well, I mean, I am serious. I'm a serious person. I have a serious personality, but I. I really do like to have fun. I mean, I think a lot of people have looked at me possibly, you know, assigned, you know, serious, academic, corporate to to me and I don't know, that's a that's a hard question. I mean I, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure. That's a good answer. Um, 
That um, is a good answer. That's a great answer. It is a hard question. You can That's bleep out the answer if you want. That's totally fine. <laughs> we'll put in our own answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. It's five o'clock somewhere. Linda James, you've been a joy to be on the program. Uh, we yes, wish you, you well uh, wrapping up your master's. And then we will we'll probably have to have you back to see where you land after all this tremendous time. Merci. Merci beaucoup. Ah, merci. Beaucoup. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks of for being course. here. Of course. There you go. That was Congo Linda. Should we call her Crazy Congo Linda? We could. Yeah, there, she has uh, quite an adventurous life. Well, didn't we tell her to stay in that room? <laughs> I told her to stay in this other room. She's staying with us, by the way. I told her to stay in the other room, and she got out. So that's another thing about her. She doesn't listen. She doesn't yeah. listen to everybody. <laughs> that's true. Is it surprising that she goes by her own rules? No. It's not. She's like, guys, I live in the Congo. I'm not staying in this stupid room. <laughs> oh, there she walks by again. I think like there nothing's happening. <laughs> she doesn't understand. This is the afterpot where we talk about the guests when they are trapped in the other room. They don't walk around. She's coming to you now. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, it's really wild because I don't you know if people follow it enough, but you know, she could have been in Congo during the height of COVID and really had yeah. a tough time getting out. There was only so many flights and then they stopped letting people leave. But she happened right. to be, she was only doing a month in London for her studies, happened to be in London when the big crisis hit of COVID. So it's wild that there's some things that have happened that yeah. really I feel it's like the universe, like, nope, you need to be here. Oh, that'll be easy for you to stay in the States. And, you know, it's not, definitely Congo's not the place you want to be. I mean, I know her telling me stories just going there that she had to buy a special emergency, like medivac. I don't even know what it is. Like if you, because if something serious happens to you there, you want to get out because yeah. you can't, you can't possibly get the right medical attention. So, I mean, right. that is a risk alone. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, and, a, it's a whole nother, uh, you know, not just a, another country, but another continent, another world almost. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> And just, you know, how she lived with not always having running water, certainly not always having hot water. Yeah. Uh, electricity goes out. Uh, yeah, there's no LA DWP out there. <laughs> it makes you think about the things like we complain about, like, oh, my internet speed isn't up to par today. What am I, I going know. to do, guys? Instagram's <laughs> down. What are we doing? <laughs> She's living in the Congo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> living in the Congo. And dealing with uh, all of these crazy, crazy stories. And it's interesting. She is definitely um, well-lived. She's gone yeah. all over the place, traveled to so many different places. But I do, you know, if the universe tunes into the Because I Have To podcast, I would like her to find a job in France or Italy. That would be the, more beneficial for <laughs> both of us. That would be, if we can have a selfish choice, those yeah. are it. And maybe she finds a place with a guest house. <laughs> yeah. And we stay there for a while. All right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, she took, you know, she was making big bucks in this law job. And took that to really go and do some great work and yeah. help people. And and she's on to her next chapter in life, which yeah. is pretty, pretty neat. I mean, seriously, talk about exactly what this podcast is about and what we aim for. Like yeah. living your dreams. 
living your passions. That's in. And it's the only option. That's right. Yeah. That's it, literally, to a T. <laughs> and and it makes you think, you know, if you're sitting there thinking like, oh, I can't stand my job or I can't stand what I do. You know, yeah. people, like she said, people sometimes stay in positions, stay in relationships, stay in so many things because they just can't see the future. Like she said, just do one step towards it. One step each right. day. Think about getting closer and closer to it. There's always a solution. It is scary, the unknown, but nobody yeah. really knows what tomorrow brings. So the more open you are to not knowing and being okay with not knowing, sort yeah. of, you know, the easier life can be. If you, if you have all these like, this has to happen and this has to happen. And, and I've had to learn a lot of life lessons of wanting something to happen at a particular time and sure. it doesn't. And it's devastating. And you got to like, you got to release all that. Got to yeah. be open. And like right now, she's finishing this master's. She's open to what her next opportunity is going to be. Who knows where it will be? She's yeah. open to literally almost living anywhere in the world. And that's yeah. wild. I That's, a, that's like that being is. so free. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. not. And, and like you were saying earlier, it's not even like about comfort stuff. It's just like being able to see it and then doing it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. envisioning that. It's in, it's crazy. So it's pretty wild. Yeah, um, it really is. So that's Linda James. You guys, live your dreams. Maybe live it. move to the Congo. Maybe don't. Maybe move somewhere a little easier. <laughs> your, cho- your choice. Your choice. <laughs> you choose. Who decides? Right. Yeah. Who, who de- decides? Meg, this is for you. Who decides? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, another great episode. Thank you for tuning in. Please keep You're following welcome. your dreams. Because we're following you. Okay. All right. Love you. (laughs) Love you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Because I Have To podcast. The best way you can help us is share the show. Tell people about it. Share it with your friends on your socials. And also leave us a great iTunes review. Just Google Because I Have To podcast iTunes. Go to the bottom of the page and there's your review section. Make it good, will ya? Find us on Instagram at Because I Have To podcast. And email us, especially if you know someone living their dharma and you think they'd be a great guest on the show. It's cause I have to podcast at Gmail. And oh, we do love those voice messages. You can leave us one at anchor.fm slash cause I have to. Keep living those dreams, friends, because you have to. Till next time.